Welcome to the Close the Loop Podcast, your favorite marketing and sales podcast dedicated to helping you prove the value of your campaigns. Leading the conversations is the host, Kevin Dini, a true marketing and data nerd, live and virtual event speaker, and fan of all things Batman. Put on your marketing hat because we have some fantastic guests subject matter experts, and colleagues who are passionate about helping business leaders like you to succeed. No need to take notes. Just visit the show page on callsource.com and read the transcripts, watch the episodes, or get any links mentioned in the show. Hello, welcome to the Close the Loop podcast. Today, we're going to be diving into marketing plans. We're going to go back to the basics a little bit, in a sense, talking about the strategy, the planning, what should businesses be doing. And ultimately, we're after what are the marketing plans that can help a business scale. So that's a little different than, let's say, give me the best marketing plan for my business per se, because a marketing plan that helps scale is a little different when it comes to a marketing plan. We're talking about a business trying to figure out what it's going to do next. I think a marketing plan really is about helping a business know, okay, what's the next step? I think every business has had that point where like, well, I could do everything better. (laughs) I could spend more money. I could get more leads. I could try to get more sales. I could try to keep my clients longer. There's a lot to do. So what should I be doing next? And especially when it comes to scaling, that means more money in the door and quicker and faster. So this is a little different spin uh, to help us dive into this topic. I have a special guest. His name is Nick Packard. Nick is the founder of NP Connect, a fractional CMO business that works with companies of all sizes to accomplish their marketing goals, from creating logos, to building websites, to defining and executing digital marketing strategies. Nick is a complete resource to businesses throughout the US and abroad. Nick is passionate about helping small businesses grow. He comes from a family of entrepreneurs, really cool, and knows firsthand the ups and downs that comes with the territory. He also knows that these business owners are good at their craft, but may not have all the skills to reach the business's full potential. When not at work, he is at home with his four daughters and wife. His life is pure chaos, (laughs) and he loves every minute of it. So welcome, Nick. Thanks for having me on. So we'll jump right into this. We'll go with what makes a marketing plan work well or what makes a marketing plan fail for a business, Nick. I have five key factors is what I found when creating a marketing plan to make it actually work for you. And, you know, the funny thing is it's the same exact marketing plan for every client I've ever had over the past 12 or 15, however many years it's been since I've been doing this. The first key to it is understanding what your value is and then how you share that. Or here's why I exist. Here's the value I can bring to you. And then here's how I'm going to share it to you. I think that's the, the first point of any marketing plan. I also have Matt Woodmire with us. He's a colleague of mine. He's on our sales side. So when it comes to the marketing plan of a business, how does that trickle over into, let's say, the sales department, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful it does trickle over to the sales side, right? That means that means the, that means the marketing's working. It's a lot of trial and error, right? The camaraderie between marketing and sales is super important. The handholding, the expectation, you know, campaigns out of the blue, right? Communication between the teams. I feel like it's it is like the the secret ingredient for a successful operation between sales and marketing. So I would just say communication, collaboration to sum it up. 
So Nick, you mentioned that there's a couple parts to what you're used to delivering in a marketing plan. And one of them was, you know, figuring out that value. And I look at that also like, how does that brand going to set themselves apart? Why is all that ultimately important? And what are some of those other points that you'd mentioned? Yeah, I mean, that really comes down to the USP, that unique selling proposition. The big pieces, the five pieces that I really talk about with the marketing plan are like the, you know, knowing your value, why you exist, defining who your ideal clients are and communicating to them in their language. Build a community around your organization is another one. Create a system that has strategic and systematic results. And then walk your prospects through the first several parts of the sales process. Those are the main key points of any good marketing plan. And, and I would totally agree that having sales interact with marketing to help create those is really important. For me, in my business, I have a thing called a free digital assessment that I offer. And really what that's all about is my value is, is my knowledge in marketing and, and being able to help someone identify key areas they might be missing out on. So whether that be their website, their social media, their email marketing, whatever that may be, I offer a preview for free. Hey, you sign up my website here. I'll give you a five-page report. I'll spend about you know two to four hours on looking through all of your stuff and be like, hey, here's some areas that you you probably haven't looked at. Like your SEO value is low here. You don't have a, a capture. Your follow-up emails are this. Your social media, you're only posting on holidays. I'll kind of call call it out in, in a really good way, right? To say like, hey, here's some really good missed opportunities. And I'll be like, holy cow, not only does this guy provide me with value, but now he's actually bringing me into his community. He's addressed that he, he understands where I'm coming from. So all those things fit into that first part of that. Gotcha. So the marketing plan that's going to help a business scale essentially is going to take what's parts of the business that are working and help them work at a higher efficiency. Taking some elements of the business that are not working, like you've mentioned, and either remove them from the equation so you can spend your resources better somewhere else or get them working, actually. Right. So what exactly is the function of a marketing plan? If we go really simple, basic, like one one on this, what is the essential functions of a marketing plan that it's trying to do for the business, Nick? I think it really defines the goals of the company and what the result you're hoping to get is. Overall, the marketing plan should say, hey, I want to develop more leads. I want to have a better process. I want to know who my clients are better. I want to know what services I should be offering. So really just define those really high-level goals. And Matt, you mentioned the alignment part. So let's say the marketing plan is we want to generate leads or sell this product or get more engagement out of this group. From the sales side, it's like, well, that's nice. Is that aligned with what the sales team is trying to do, right? So what are some of the pitfalls there if it's not well aligned? Well, yeah, I think I, I actually love your approach, Nick, with the essentially a diagnosis, right? You have this, you have them go through this Toyota 125-point inspection and then figure out what are the areas that this business might potentially need to improve. From a sales side, that makes our job very easy because what you're doing is you're essentially saying, hey, this is where I need help. And then we have the solutions. We're the, you know, the product experts on the sales side. So we're just coming in um, saying, hey, we have the solutions or services that can help fill those needs. We go back to the, what I was saying before, the alignment is is huge and marketing helped pave the way from that side. That's basically the loan calculator model, right? It's really simple. If you fill out the loan calculator for a car or for a house or whatever, it gives the, the loan agent or whoever all the information they need. I know how much money they, are, they have to spend. I know what their monthly income is. You've already gone done half the work. So again, in part of the, the five-point marketing plan, the last one was walk the prospects through the first several steps of the sales process. So that way, the sales team gets a qualified lead 
because everyone has their job. Even like on a football team, the kicker's got to kick, the quarterback's got to throw, the running back's got to run, the wide receiver's got to catch, right? Well, everyone has their job. And so marketing's job is to deliver quality leads to the sales team. And the sales team's job is to close. And and that's, and more than that, obviously, to educate, to grow relationship and do all these things. So if, if you have those two working at a really high level, your conversion rate should be really high. That's always good to know or to have that those metrics on hand too. And it leads me right to the next question, right? So Nick, why measure the marketing plan? Man, it justifies my existence, right? That's everything, you know, marketing is all on testing and measuring. There's no silver bullet for anything. Things are always changing, different channels, different customers, different groups. So you have to be able to track that. What are we spending? What are my impressions? What are your funnel? Like, how many people am I sending out to? How many people are, are interacting? How big is my audience growing? All those things kind of like funnel down into how many leads are we developing? And so if, if you're not addressing each area of that funnel and understanding the data at each point, you're not going to do yourself as a marketer any favors. There, there's a few other things I was curious about when it comes to developing the marketing plan. So, and, and there's three things. The first one is how much should the business's current resources be used to evaluate the marketing plan? Part number two is how much are we looking at the competition to develop our marketing plan? And the third part is how much are we looking at our consumers, our clients, our you know customers to develop that marketing plan? How much are we looking internally, externally to develop this marketing plan? Externally should be the least amount of your worries because really it's all about your unique selling proposition, your business. Um, your customers are a big part of that. So those would be my two biggest areas of focus. It really starts at the top with leadership. So overall, the, the leadership, whether it be owner, whether it be a board or directors or wherever that may be, they should really set the tone to say like, hey, here's what we need to accomplish. We need to accomplish 10% growth or whatever. Okay, marketing, how are you going to do that? Then the marketing leadership strategically be able to say, okay, let's create our, our goals. And our goals is we're going to get a new website. We're going to do this. We're going to do that, right? You're going to pick, pick your three things. And then what things are you going to do that are going to lead to that goal of a 10% increase? That part starts at the top. The, the customer side is really, really important side because if you don't understand your customers well, you're not going to be able to accomplish your goals. So then that leads me right to a perfect next question for you, Matt. How do you know that the goals, KPIs, metrics, the stuff that we're asked to do are realistic? Um, <laughs> Matt, I want you to make a million dollars in sales. <laughs> Yeah, this is a little bit loaded, a little bit loaded question here. How is it realistic? We're going to have a plan going into it, right? And we're going to learn and we're going to learn relatively quickly. It's a work in progress, so we're going to learn on the fly, but we're going to make tweaks and adjustments and if it's still not working, then maybe something does need to change back in the marketing side. This is why this feedback loop is so important between marketing and sales. You don't really know truly unless you actually start going through that, you know, the experience. That's why it's so important to have somebody own this, quote unquote, from the marketing side and from the sales side, just so they can kind of collaborate um, everything that they're learning along the way. Truth be told, the sales, more than half the time, the sales team has all the ideas. They're the ones with the boots on the ground. They're the one talking to the customers. But if the marketing team doesn't engage them in the right way and test and measure some of the ideas and some of the, the things they have, it's not going to work. I, I can think of you know a couple of things off the top of my head of like, I would have never, ever thought of something like that had I not had that conversation with the sales team just to be like, hey, man, let's just have 15 minutes and just tell me your ideas. That to me is a goal. And if marketing isn't doing that, then that's a problem. Making sure that the marketing plan that we're going off of or the business's plan, business's goals, are, how flexible do they need to be? There is new information that we learn along the way. 
that may require us to change or pivot. How set are we on that original marketing plan? Let's say we made six months ago. Should we constantly be changing and starting over again? I think goals are important that they should be set realistically so that way you can achieve them. But I do think along the way, you're going to find other things that have to get done to either accomplish those goals or that would be a good thing to do in addition to those goals. And so I think it does happen. But overall, and I think if you're not holding yourself accountable to like, hey, we agreed to this at the beginning of the quarter, or the beginning of the year, like we're going to get this done. We're going to see it through. I think it's a, a really important part of any organizational structure. Yeah. It, the other thing I was thinking about, what's required to accomplish this? Not necessarily, we need this many more sales or this many more leads. What's the work required to, for a website? What's the work required to build this? Okay, this is fairly substantial. We don't have any developer. We don't have anyone who even knows what they're doing with the website. But we'd say we we actually do have a lot of good people who can write emails and stuff. So it, it becomes sort of like, well, in my business, it may make more sense to emphasize one channel over another just because I happen to have people who are more familiar with this or that. But at the same time, it's like, well, should we go outside the business because we don't have that stuff here? Because how important is it to have this thing we don't have expertise for? You know, So th that's a little bit also complicated about a market plan. Yes, we want to accomplish this. This seems like the best way to do it, but we don't have the resources internally. Should we go outside? That's why I have a job. <laughs> no, and I mean, that's a great point, though, because most companies, especially, you know, I work with a lot of smaller and medium-sized businesses who may have a one or two-person marketing department that they're really good at admin stuff. They're really good at, at certain things, but not everything. And so that it's really up to leadership to say, hey, we have to bring in resources for this. And, and what I've found, to be honest, is that not only does it help them get where they want to go, but it also strengthens their team because you're bringing in new outside knowledge to the existing team. And it helps them like, again, depending on the resource, right? Like certain agencies will just hand box deliver you something. My job is, and, and consultants or whatever you want to call me or fractional CMOs, our job is to create the processes and the knowledge internally so that way they can survive without you. I work myself out of the job. And I think that's a really valuable piece to keep in mind when companies do consider, you know, outsourcing is that does this fill a need or does it help the company grow? And I think those two questions will really help you determine what is the best fit you know, for a solution like a website or or social media or whatever that may be. Yeah, that's really, really, that's really good. And there's a lot of channels and some businesses are, some leaders are more like, look, you know, I think that this channel will work for me, but I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with trends. I haven't been keeping up with the market very well. So I'm just going to keep doing what I, what I know, but is what I know all there is. That's sort of where it comes down to, okay, what is it worth to find out? you know, to, to see if there is more potential here. Because we're talking about scaling. We're not necessarily talking about just pulling one or two fish out of the sea here. We're talking about, can we tap into a well that will provide us, not necessarily unbounded, but a lot of scale, a lot of, you know, opportunities there to, to move the business in that direction. Well, I think you brought up a really interesting point there is that like most owners or leaders may not have a complete understanding of, of where their business is at. Because maybe they started five, 10 years ago and they knew it really well then, but now they've taken a step outside of the business in a different role, right? An important role, but different role. One thing that I, I provide and I think is really important is I do a, a document called a target client profile and messaging. And what it really does is it creates a written Bible of sorts that talks about you as a company, your why statement. I'm a big Simon Sinek guy. So it's like, why do you get out of bed every morning? Why are you unique? And then it's like, how, what do you sell it? And then, and how are you different? How do you differentiate yourself? Then it goes into identifying your buckets of customers. There's different groups. You can put your ideal prospects into that. 
what do they have in common? What are their challenges? What motivates them to our work? Because you are key messages for them. If you break things down that way, you have it documented. So now not only do you have a training tool for new employees, but now every time you want to start a marketing campaign or a sales campaign or anything, you now have like, here's everything we need to know. So I know that their challenges are this. Let's make a sales campaign to address these challenges. Let's do an ad campaign to motivate them because now I know what motivates these people. It literally becomes your Bible and becomes a written, documented piece of of your company that you can now now share and use and everyone's on the same page. That's really cool. Uh, I love the documentation factor. I'm a big uh, visual person, so we use tools for that. We've also like covered our whiteboards. We have hundreds documented, written on, and ideation stage level of like, hey, could this work this way? Could this work that way? And that leads me to the next question I have, and this one's I'm gonna throw it to you, Matt. How far should the marketing plan go? Should marketing stay in its swim lane and, and as soon as marketing hands it off, they're done? Or should the marketing plan include what's going beyond marketing's hands? Oh, you should know, Kevin. Marketing's never done. <laughs> marketing's at everything. <laughs> Nick, too. I mean, four, four girls. Yeah, marketing never ends, right? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I think it, a lot of that depends on the bandwidth of your business, right? So if you have one sales rep at your company, then yeah, marketing is, is going to be probably, we're probably going to rely a little bit more on marketing to take it a little bit further down the funnel. If the bandwidth justifies, if you have a, sa a sales team of 10, 20 reps, we can do a little bit more work on our side, the discovery of things. It's mixing quality with quantity. You're not going to get as many, but the further down the funnel you get, you're not going to get as many solid leads. I think that what you're asking is really dependent on the bandwidth of the sales team. So if you're, you know, whether you're working with one or 20 or 50, um, if you really have that many reps and you're basically just relying on marketing just to help d differentiate between suspects names on a list to you know people who are, are real basically and breathing and doing something so uh yeah it, it's just you know again super dependent on the on the bandwidth of the sales team yeah that's really interesting and so let's say the question is what about a marketing plan helps a business scale nick what is it about it that's going to help a business actually do the scaling why would a marketing plan help that business scale and I think to make it work is, is just accountability. That's the biggest piece of it is that like, don't just talk about it, be about it. And by saying all the things, if you don't do those things, then it's not going to work. Or if you don't do anything, right? Like just having meetings for meeting's sake is not really a good thing, but to actually make an actionable plan with accountability, that's really how you make it scalable. That's really how you make it work. And, and that's how you can engage feel it's effective or not, because let's face it, now our ideas, whether it be from marketing, sales, or leadership, not all these ideas are great. They may have unrealistic expectations, but you don't know if it's possible unless you, you do something about it. And so by being actionable, you can figure out, oh, you know, if it's working and, and, and how you can go from there. So when you say accountable, are, are you talking about a team, a person, a department owns the components of that business's plan and are responsible for achieving the goals with the available resources they have. That's where my head's going. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, totally, because we all make money from somewhere, right? So we all have to be accountable to make that money. And we're all responsible for that. From a marketing leader standpoint, do, do they have the right team, internal or external, to get the things done? And if they don't, are they doing a good job of communicating to leadership to say, hey, this is the goal, but I can't get there with what I have. It's not that you have to get it done without any help or any assistance. It's just being able to openly communicate, hey, this is what I'm capable of. This is what we're capable of. Can we actually accomplish it? And then you know, doing it. 
So yeah. Gotcha. And that's when the business goal goes from, this is would be nice, a pipe dream to reality. Okay, this is like the actual next step we're going to take. I'm actually going to come in and I'm going to do this thing or I'm going to you know, accomplish these tasks that I have. And those tasks lead up to accomplishing the overall goal. How much of an onus does that put on the teams, right? Like making sure you have the right people in your teams to accomplish these things. How Does that become really important or is it okay that sometimes it takes a little longer because we have to get people up to speed? No, and that's the importance of setting deadlines. And so I like to work with 90-day goals with, with clients. I actually do business coaching as well as a fractional CMO. And, and 90 days is a reasonable amount of time to get something accomplished. Well, you have to set the reasonable goals. And it's really not about if you have the team internally or not. It's, it's do you have the resources within your community, even if you don't have them internally to get them done? So excuses are like a-holes or everyone's got one. They all smell like, you know, whatever it is, right? So it's like the saying. And so it's like... It, it, to me, it's like if you're going to make a 90-day goal, make it realistic and, and then get the job done with whatever you need to get done. So if you need to have extra resources from here, if you need to do whatever, make it work, you have, you've got to work to accomplish that goal because that's what your word, that's what you said, and that's what you have to do. And so that's the kind of accountability and the kind of uh, mindset that I have when it comes to, to goal setting with a client is like, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Uh, come hire hell water, whatever that, that thing is, we're going to get it done, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what's the difference between just simple goal setting and building a marketing plan then? Um, I think the plan helps accomplish the goals, right? So it's like I, I'm setting a goal of, of increasing revenue by 10%. And then I have these five things in my marketing plan that I'm going to do to achieve that goal. And then those five things are going to break down. I actually make a strategy on a PowerPoint document. It's really, really simple. So I I have my goals listed and, and I have why is this a goal? And then one of the things that I need to do to achieve each goal like a building website. I have to write content. I have to create a sitemap. I have to do all these things. And then how do you measure each one of those? Okay, I'm going to measure this by like how many impressions, how many ads, how many page views, how many this, or, or, or whatever the, the, the things are, right? So it's like you create a very easy step-by-step plan and break things down. Okay, if my goal is this, what five or 10 or however many things do I need to do to actually accomplish that? Now I have to create tasks that I can assign to myself or to other team members or to outside resources to make sure that everything gets done in that for that goal or that task. That's awesome. So Matt, you do this a lot where you take a larger goal. Let's say this is a six month year long goal and you break it down into like Nick said, a 90 day, a quarter or a monthly or weekly. So why do you do that? We do it to learn and see what works. We have initiatives that we work on and stuff like that, as well as all the the things that have came from marketing in the past. We do it for the sake of learning and always getting, continuing to get better at what we do. We never, it's never um, set and forget like, okay, we found the right approach. Let's just use this from here on out. No, because people, you know, things change, people evolve, new business needs arise. So we're always trying to kind of like, you know, put feelers out there, kind of see what what else can we can uncover under the, even if it's the same group of people, right? A different talk track might might make a big difference. Uh, it just really depends on where they're at. Maybe a new tech becomes a relevant thing within some of the groups you're calling and stuff like that. You can never know enough about a prospect and the marketing does uncover quite a bit, but I, I don't think anything that can help assist a sale in one of the services or solutions you provide is definitely something that we want to know and we want to be able to document it somewhere in a field or something like that just so we can we can have that at our disposal and make have higher quality conversations gotcha so then nick 
how do you, as a business leader, I think the one of the most common painful questions is how will I know that this will work? <laughs> what do you say to that? <laughs> uh, you know, I go back to KPIs on that. I just say, if we set our goal for, we're going to have this many impressions made, you know, whatever the, the metric is that we're measuring against, that's our goal. I tell the same thing though, like our goal is to make it work, but what's going to happen is we're going to learn something either way. We're going to learn if it, if it works or not. I've had things that have completely failed, but what we've got is some learnings from it. Like we know that this audience with this amount of money, why these platforms doesn't work now. So we know not to do it again. And that, and it's an expensive lesson, but now that you know, and so now that you, you know, you can kind of adjust your marketing to do different things. It's really easy to say we can, you know, have metrics or things that we can, we can shoot for. But at the end of the day, our goal in marketing is to test and learn. That, that's really what it comes down to. And I think that's sort of a, a side pitch for external help, right? Like I, I know when I was at an agency, it was like, well, you could learn this yourself. You could bring in your own team. You could spend a year, maybe two, whatever it takes. Or you know, if you spend a lot of money, you'll learn faster to figure out things that we have spent the last 10 years kind of perfecting. So we'll accelerate your learning, sort of. Like maybe not, we're trying to educate you along the way, but we're going to accelerate your marketing <laughs> pretty far down the line. And that was a pretty strong case for why an external agency or something would come in, like at the time us would come in and support a business. That was a big deal. That was a big selling point for us is we have hundreds of years of, you know, if you were to take it out at all, you know, worth of experience. So how how does a business interpret that and be like, well, why don't I just go full external? Why why would I ever want to put, you know, internal team members that aren't going to learn as fast and aren't going to be exposed to as much? So there, I've seen both of those and I've seen it clash a lot within, you know, internal versus external teams. Yeah, and I think it's really how you want to look at it. You know, a lot of companies now are, are trying to find ways to retain talent because, you know, finding work right now is really hard. And so to be like, hey, we're going to bring in an extra. So a selling point to, to them might be, hey, we're going to bring in extra resources to help make you better and more efficient at your job, which is going to lead to more career opportunities for you both within the company and you as a professional. Or the other option is, hey, we don't have a budget for this, so we're going to go external 100% of the time because we're going to save on employee costs or this. It, it really just depends on the vision of, of the company leadership and, and where they want to go with it. You know, like to me, there's there's a case for both of those. I, and I have clients that are, are that way too, where some, I am literally their only marketing department. I am the one person I'm outsourced completely. I work 40 hours a month for them and that's it. And I have others where I work 60 hours a month and they have a whole team and I'm training their team. And in three months from now, they will just have my name on old email signatures. And that's the only thing they'll know of me. So it really just depends, you know? Yeah, yeah. So Matt, it, do you think, a, does a business marketing plan, do you think only work for businesses that are larger? Or can a marketing plan work for, you know, small companies? Or is it essential for companies of any size? What Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, marketing. I mean, having been on the marketing side myself, I, I, it is an essential function. I'm not just saying that because you guys are here, but it, <laughs> but it, but it's, uh, no, it's a necessary component because what marketing does is it takes the great, as Nick said, you know, salespeople do come up with a lot of these ideas. Marketing has a great way of, uh, if they're doing it right, it has a great way of organizing these ideas into actionable plans. That seems to be a weakness across the board for a lot of sales leaders because they'll have a dream one night where, hey, we should we should do this this way or whatever. And then marketing's marketing's typically the team that that puts those ideas to fruition. So 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's all sizes though. It's not just I wouldn't just limit it, and that's maybe the image that some people ha- have that like these gig only you know marketing departments only available in these gigantic companies. It's like no, I mean it, it's just depends on what degree you want to do marketing, right? Yeah. So that brings me to the next question, Nick. So and you've got to come up against this because I feel like I've never not come up against this, and that is the word marketing is almost synonymous with spending money. Why should a business care about making a marketing plan when to some businesses, the marketing plan just is going to mean spend, spend, spend? That's what all marketing should be looked at is investment. You're going to spend money to make money. And that's literally, the, if you don't look at marketing that way, you don't know what marketing is, to be honest with you. Literally, you are investing in developing leads and developing your brand and developing all these things. And it's investment. And if you are seeing a return of that investment, then you are making poor investments into your company. Then figure out what better ways you can invest in marketing. And that is the honest truth. And I don't sugarcoat anything. When I hold a seminar, I usually have a thing where the first question I ask in the group is, can I borrow 20 bucks from someone? And I'll ask for cash. And then the first person gave me 20 bucks, I take that and I give them 50 bucks right back out of my other pocket. And I say, that is marketing. There is a belief that I'm doing something that's me worth it and I'm getting something in return. And I am believing that this is investment is the right thing for me to do. And if you don't have that belief, if you don't have that, that mindset of, of marketing is investment, it's not a good thing for you. So part of marketing is the effort generating content, ads, demand, putting in the time and effort. The other part is making sure that those efforts are efficient. And that oftentimes comes down to tools. Like I don't know how I would do email automation at all without a tool. That, that would be crazy trying to make sure I email the right people the right times out of an outlook or something. That seems insane. So that's why those tools exist. So how important is the stack, the marketing stack, in keeping the marketing plan on track? Yeah, I mean, because most of those, the, the, the truth is that technology solutions, whether it be software for email or your website or forms or anything, like that is going to make your business so much more efficient. It's going to track things. It's going to do things, automate things that normally team members would have to do. You can customize things. I mean, that is really the lifeblood of, of marketing is technology. Ideas are great, but you know, just like Matt was saying too, they have to be executed. They have to have ideas or one thing, but to execute is another, you know? And so technology helps you do all those things and helps you track it automatically. So it saves a ton of man hours. It's, it's, it's a necessary thing. We like live and breathe by that as a company that produces a lot of tools. And the aspect of what we do is, look, you can listen to the calls yourself. You can listen to 200 calls. You could go ahead and do that. But we know how painful that is. And wouldn't you rather be doing what you normally want to be doing in your business, managing, hiring? So that's exactly one of our bullet points of our value, right? Is look, you could do this yourself, sure. But if you let us do it, you know, we're going to do it for way cheaper than you, the hourly year and the things that you're doing and allows you to go back to doing what you do best in your business. That's usually one of our critical points of why our tool fits into a business, but it doesn't fit into a business that has one call, you know, like that person could listen to the one call. So when we're talking about scaling a business, we're really talking about, we're pushing things past the limit of when they're still going to be micromanaged one by one at a time. Like we're just going to put out one social post, one email. When we're talking about scaling. We're often in marketing talking about pushing the limits in allowing automation, allowing these tools and other efficiencies of scale to come into play so that you're not just sending one email, you're sending thousands, hundreds of thousands. You're not just 
you know, calling one, you're calling tens of thousands. So it, by moving things into that larger scale, you're going from, okay, I'm getting this many sales to tons more because you're now operating in a totally new sphere of scale. And that is, I think, a big deal where, where technology comes in. But it only fits in when it Matt when it's part of the plan. Because if I generate five thousand leads tomorrow for Matt's team, he's going to be drowning, and he won't be able to work all of those. It'll be a total waste of the money we spend in marketing, and they have to be aligned. It has to make sense. And so, when we say scale too, I I think it's also important, and you can talk about this, Nick, to scale a business up incrementally, and and by that I mean like you ratchet up the scale in a way that is manageable. So if marketing is going to scale, you know, 2x to tomorrow, can the rest of the business support that? Exactly. Yeah. Well, so I had a lot of staffing clients actually, which is really funny. I don't know how that happened, but and they have that same issue with like, you know, if too much marketing is spent on the client side of the business versus the candidate side of the business, then all of a sudden like, well crap, now I've got 50 job orders to fill. I have no candidates to fill it with, right? And then vice versa. I have all these candidates and no jobs and now they're going to hate us. And so it's always that balancing act with anything like that. So, it, and especially within the company, from a production side, ever with a lot of e-commerce brands, where hey, if our marketing is really well and we create a really big demand for it, all of a sudden the production people are pissed at us because now they're working overtime and this and that to try to, you know, figure out how they can keep up with with production. And then the customer service team getting more calls. I mean, everything affects every other part of the business. It all works together. And so, if you don't think about that as a from a three hundred and sixty view of everything, it's going to just you're going to cause more pain than, than, you know, than anything. Yeah. So Matt, it seems like it's really important to keep things fairly simple. Like these are the couple KPIs I have, not a thousand, <laughs> not a hundred things that I feel like if I do this one, I'm going to, you know, slow down on the other one. So how important is not just realistic goals, but like simple, easy to see how you impact the goal type of goals? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at what, you know, what's, ex what are the expectations of the teams before you generate any leads? What kind of system is it falling into? It should be one question that marketers are asking, right? Because if you're, if everything gets called once and then if they don't pick up, then okay, that's, that one's game over. No, <laughs> like you, you want to have some kind of a, a follow up protocol or something like that. So I think to be able to scale, you need to keep the KPIs simple. Just because you measure something doesn't mean it's useful for whatever um, it, it is that we're measuring here. You just keep it simple. How many leads were generated? How many people did you try reaching out to? How many people did you actually connect with? And then go, you know, further down the sales process. Like how many how many appointments did you set? And, and you know, hopefully you close some deals on that. And how many was it? So I would just keep them. Think about all the milestones along the way, like what has to happen for this to move forward and where everything lies in the milestone. And then it, once you start to see, compare where things are at with that campaign or initiative and then compare it with some historicals, you'll be able to uncover one or two things like, okay, this is this is where these are falling off. This is what we can do about it, right? So marketing is typically coming back, I guess if you're doing it right or if you're having a, a valuable conversation with sales, You'll come to the table with a couple of recommendations because you guys are probably measuring it a little bit better than the sales team is, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then th this is a good point for concluding things and wrapping it up a little bit. So, Matt, did you have anything that you heard before we, you know, go down that finish line there that you wanted to add or or bring up before we we get to the close here? My just in my closing argument here is like you can only really scale by 
learning as we as we talked about and learning is if you set up a forum for accountability whether it's just one stakeholder on sales side one stakeholder on the marketing side or a schedule meeting or whatever form it, it just needs to be a valuable thing i've been at a lot of these meetings where we're just playing accountability hot potato and it's going get passed back and forth between sales and marketing hey you're these leads suck. No, your salespeople suck. And I'm sitting there in the middle of everything. And it's like, no, let's just, it might not be our, our fault, but it is everybody's problem in that room. There was something that happened and everyone at that, in all the stakeholders need to own what happens and then be able to work together to improve it and set all the little differences aside. Like this guy wastes my time or your follow-up process sucks or whatever. Need to all get on the same page. I think, you know, Kevin, I feel like we've, We've been chipping away at that for for years, and I feel like we've made some pretty good headway. Yeah. You're talking about a really good organizational process of meetings and follow-up and making sure that marketing plan is still in alignment, is what, tracking the progress and where it's at, knowing where we may need to you know move resources or change things or adapt the, the plan. Like I think you're talking about the progress meetings, the organizational component of how, how we're keeping the marketing plan alive, not necessarily like, oh, we came up with it in January. We haven't even looked back at it in, you know, 10 months. That That's probably not necessarily like a living, breathing marketing plan. So Nick, is there anything else you wanted to add uh, that we missed or anything else you wanted to add to this? You know, for me, it breaks on the two main things uh, with any client or anyone I work with is leadership and mindset. If, if you have the right leaders in place that enables teams to, to do their jobs and to hold themselves accountable and to do all the things. And then just having the mindset of like, hey, like we're all in this together. Like we're supporting each other, working together, never losing sight of that. Those are really two important factors that I look at when I, when I work with someone to make sure there's a successful venture. That's great. So we believe that if you put together a marketing plan, it's not just going to lead to just spending money worthlessly. A marketing plan is going to help you really plan, document your goals and break them down into objectives, break them down into monthly, quarterly, however you want to digest it so that you can ahead of time know if something's on track or not, and that you can make sure that these things aren't just pipe dreams, that they will be real. You'll be able to see that this marketing plan is going to help my business achieve a scale, a new place that will help us grow in a scalable way. Thank everybody for listening to this. Nick, how can our listeners follow up with you, learn more about you, you know, everything that you're doing and everything that you're about? Yeah, just my website, uh, nickpackard.com. I've got a lot of stuff on there, both my coaching business and the fractional CMO business. I actually have a lot of free tools we talked about today. So the marketing plan is listed on there. I have some free templates that you can download from there because again, marketing is all about, you know, sharing your value and then bringing people in your community, right? So just nickpackard.com and you can find all the info you need. That's awesome. Thank you, Nick, for coming on and being our guest today. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Nick. Thank you.